I'm on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome into Sports Time on a Monday. Bryant and Brett with you for the next three hours. Johnny Hill producing for us, as always. And we've got a ton to get to. It's uh, one of the, the best times of the year in terms of sports with the college football, the NFL, feast week for college basketball, NBA, a little bit of everything uh, for people out there this week. But we've got a big show for you. But Brett, how are you doing on this Monday afternoon? I'm doing well, Brian, and this is just one of the busiest, most fun weeks of the year. My favorite sports day of the year is the Sunday of the Masters, oh, yeah. but for a whole week, this mm-hmm. this has it. It's, it's got it all in tonight, that Monday night football game. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty good. I mean, as much as we talked about the the Thursday night game last week and and how good that one, I mean, this one is uh, is probably better than that. Eagles at Chiefs tonight. You can listen to that right here on Sports Fifty Six. It will also be uh, on ESPN, but you can listen to it on this station. We'll have coverage starting uh, at seven o'clock after uh, Rebel Yell Hotline. Um, so no, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun night of football, and really, um, it's already been a fun day. I mean, we've had college basketball on all day, and and now. We've got um, you know the Maui on, and, and right now Tennessee and, and Syracuse going up against each other. Purdue and, and Gonzaga uh, after that, so you know, it's it's a great time. And I mean, if you are just a fan of sports, it, it's hard to to beat this week. Uh, just about every flavor too. Yeah. There's a lot of lot of lot of variety out there, and I mean this sincerely. And I, I do like him, and mm-hmm. I, I I think we're friends, uh, at minimum buddies. I have enjoyed Coach Josh Pashner as studio analyst yeah. on ESPN basketball shows. Yeah, and I—I uh, I guess I was—I guess it was last night, and I was doing some stuff on my computer, but I had my iPad propped open uh, with the sound down because I was watching the NFL game, and I had it on. Whatever basketball game was on last night, that I was watching. I think it was the late night game, Washington and uh, and San Diego State. And they go to the to the studio, and I go, "Is that Josh Pastner?" And sure enough, so and he's good. Yeah, he's really good. I, I uh, was able to. I don't know if it was on the ESPN. I think it might have been on like a podcast or something. And they had him on, um, kind of one of those like instant reactions after a a day of basketball. And he sounded really, really good. So uh, no, that's that's fun to see him. And uh, I mean, uh, obviously. Obviously, everyone can say great things about Josh Pastner, and and it sounds like he's doing a good job on ESPN so far. I'm going to say something about Josh Pastner I don't think has ever been said by anybody. Okay. He's a really nice guy. Oh, Brett, I've I've never heard that about Josh Pastner. (laughs) Other people, sure, but not Josh Pastner. No, that's a a surprise. (laughs) No, no, he he, he truly is, and I I think he'll be good. I know he probably wants to be a head coach again, Mm -hmm. but he's had two big jobs. It's still as a, a very young man. And I, I don't. I, I think both of those jobs will probably be better than his next one or two coaching jobs. Yeah. So he might. He might could really craft himself in, as you know the next twenty years as sure. big time basketball analyst. Yeah, start, has to start somewhere. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And so you know this is a a good start for him, I think. And it's fun kind of seeing him uh, in studio. They've gone uh, you know to studio a couple times today. Uh, on ESPN, and so you know, seeing him, you know, obviously getting a lot of work in there late last night, and then back at it today. So no, I mean, like you said, I, I think he probably wants to be a head coach again. I hope he gets that opportunity again. But you know, this is a, I mean, maybe next best thing for for former coaches is going and being a 
one of these analysts for for ESPN or, or CBS or or Fox, and it seems like a lot of them do a really good job at it. Saturday was rough at Simmons Bank Liberty mm-hmm. Stadium. That yeah. that loss ended any hopes mm-hmm. for the Tigers to to play in the AAC championship game to eventually win the AAC championship and. I, I think it just came down. I think it comes down for the Tigers this year. The three losses were to three teams. I think just were a little better. Yeah. Uh, not 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 that much better. No. Not not even no. not even Mizzou. No, no. And Probably see- Mizzou a little a little sure. uh, more uh, variance in mm-hmm. in in how good both teams are, but not not drastically. Not daylight mm-hmm. and dark. And I don't, I don't know that Tulane's that much better or SMU, but SMU and Tulane both able to get wins on the Tigers' home field. Yeah, and then that's rough. And you know, for a uh, for a program that really over the last uh, you know four, five, six years have really uh, taken pride in what they're able to do on their home field, to take two home losses this season definitely hurts. But you're right. I mean, those are three really good teams. I think you can look at the results of those games. Missouri, you you were able to hang in there with, and it was a close game uh, late before they were just able to pull away, and you ran out of time. But it was a close game. Uh, Tulane, the the score was a lot worse than I think that actual game was. You know, Tigers for a while they're up by ten points and looked like they could run away with that game. And then uh, for SMU last night, I mean, really stayed in there down to the wire. A couple penalties late that you know everyone is is rehashing and talking about. Um, since the end of that game that, that I think really hurt you. But, you know, you were in all three of those games, but just you know, couldn't pull it out at the end. And could not run the ball in all yes. three of those losses. Yes. And that matters. Only 62 yards rushing for the Memphis Tigers Saturday, 158 for SMU. Now, Memphis had a mm-hmm. – and, and Seth Hennigan had a great day throwing the oh, ball. Yeah. But to work on that clock and keep that other team at bay, you got to be able to run the ball mm-hmm. uh, a lot better than that. And, and to win big games, you can't have turnovers. Right. Memphis had one, and SMU had none. Yeah, and that that turnover coming on the the first drive was was really kind of a killer because I think those first couple of plays of that drive, I really thought the Tigers could could try to get something going there. I think the first play was a big run by by Blake Watson that might have gotten a, a first down or close to a first down, and then that second play, it looked like you had a you know, uh, a good pass play that would have been a first down, but then, you know, just kind of gets, uh, gets tipped up after it's caught, pop, popped out of his hands and, and SMU takes it the other direction. Because if, if the Tigers could have gotten something going on that first possession, I mean, that would have been huge momentum, but uh, instead you turn it over, SMU gets the ball, your defense feels like they, they get a good stop to start the game. And then on fourth and five, um, you know, SMU really just beats Memphis's secondary for that first touchdown of the game. Now, we'll get a lot more uh, at the bottom of this hour yeah. at 3.30 from Jonah Dillon, the Commercial Appeal Tigers beat, football beat writer. But, Brian, as, as I feel the momentum now, am I correct, and there's certainly an avenue for it, that Tiger fans want to be in the Liberty Bowl game? It seems like that. I mean, uh, that was kind of the news this morning that there's a, uh, you know, it's, I think, Brett McMurphy, I think, was kind of what started that this morning. He put out his his bowl game um, preview or whatever of who he thought was going to be in each bowl game, and he has the Tigers uh, playing Iowa State again in the, in the, uh, in the Liberty Bowl. And so I think, I think there are uh, fans that are, would be excited with that option. I, I, I think I would be too. I, and, and look, the, the Liberty Bowl, they, they wouldn't want that too often, but that would be right. six years, right? Mm-hmm. Since 2017. Correct. But this is a very different dynamic around Memphis Tigers yeah. football yeah. than in 2017. Crowds were, were 
good that year and was great for game day against Iowa State. It, it, it's just a, a real paradox mm-hmm. to me. Fans that would not go to a game out there six times this year mm-hmm. now want to go to a bowl game there. Yeah, well, and that's that's a very good point, and it's it's one I was thinking about um, earlier this morning when I heard a lot of people talking about it of just kind of the the differences of of kind of those two teams. It seemed like last time the the Tigers were at the Liberty Bowl, that program was. On, in the middle of that rise that we saw play out, it seemed like there was a lot of energy around it and, oh, being able to go to the Liberty Bowl. I don't know if that same excitement will be met this time. I think there will, it will be some excitement about it, but I just don't know if it will be the same as, as last time they were in the Liberty Bowl. I, I guess if you stamp bowl game on it, that gives mm, it I guess you, so. you know, a little more heft. But one could argue SMU and Tulane are better teams than mm. Iowa State. And Boise State just as attractive mm-hmm. to go watch play, so you could go out there for, yeah, I would say m- much more reasonably priced ticket than the Liberty Bowl game Certainly. will be, because because that is a bowl game and nobody would go, and now they want to go. Now they want to that, go. That, yeah. that's that's odd to me. I'll just t- I'll just say it. No, yeah, it, it it doesn't make much sense, especially um you know how big that game on Saturday was, and it was a a, a beautiful day and um you know thirty thousand. So I mean, it's just it doesn't make sense that you know people are all excited now. Looking at what Breck McMurphy has, uh, he he has Memphis playing Iowa State uh, in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Has Iowa State a uh, would open up as a nine point favorite according to him against Memphis if if they played in that game. But but for budget purposes and for the the Liberty Bowl game itself and for Tiger fans enjoy I, I think it'd be sure. a, 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 a lot of fun absolutely I, I just find it I, I just find mm-hmm. it, it a little bit odd the holiday season rapidly approaching and at Google's Salon and Spa they've got a deal for you Google's holiday special go to any Google's over the Black Friday weekend or purchase online on Cyber Monday and Tuesday and receive $20 off when you purchase $120 in gift cards. This holiday season, give someone you love a Ghoul's gift card, the card that doesn't just send wishes, it grants them. Happy holidays from Ghoul's. Ghoul's Salon Spa, locally owned and operated since 1932 with all the different locations from downtown to out east and part of the the renaissance of Overton Square. There's one near you. Go to ghoulsalonspa.com, a commitment to to providing a unique fashion-forward experience, over 90 years of distinction and exclusive to our area, and the best holiday gift for any season is that Ghoul's gift card. It's the perfect size. It's the perfect color. The best spa packages, salon products, and those gift cards, they are the hit. This holiday season, give someone you love a Ghoul's gift card, the card that doesn't just send wishes. It grants them. Go to any Ghoul's and pick up a gift card or go to GhoulSalonSpa.com to purchase online. That's GhoulSalonSpa.com. For the holiday special over Black Friday weekend, purchase online on Cyber Monday and Tuesday and receive $20 off when you purchase $120 in gift cards. Happy holidays from Ghoul's, Ghoul Salon Spa, locally owned and operated since 1932. Well, it was Cupcake Weekend across mm-hmm. most of the SEC, but Tennessee, they, they learned, boy, don't, don't tug on Superman's cape. Whew. You score on Georgia first. It just mm-hmm. makes them matter, I think. Yeah, well, and, and I can't remember how many times, maybe the last 
four or five games. Uh, John Harden was talking about this earlier today. Uh, Georgia has given up uh, their opponents on their first drive a touchdown, and and so uh, so John said something earlier today of maybe maybe Georgia is just bored of of blowing teams out, and so they're like, we'll just let you score on your first drive and make things a little interesting, and then we'll go out and and you know dominate the the rest of the game but yeah no I, I heard a lot of people a lot of my buddies um that are Tennessee fans were very excited after that first touchdown and uh, there was not much excitement after that it was all dogs after that it really was it was 38 to 10 win for Georgia and you're right I mean that first touchdown they get a field goal in the in the second quarter but it was uh it was all dogs after that I know the feeling Ole Miss scored yeah. on their first two drives oh yeah, you know, yeah. Had, had it was up 14 7 and mm-hmm. That was that was the mm. end of that. Mm, yeah, it was. Uh, Brad, I know we've got a, a, a really busy show today, and I'm, I'm about to do the rundown. But is this uh, because we're so busy today? Is this the time to bring up Tiger Bankroll? Is and, and what happened Friday it's night a, against Alabama it's a, State? It's a great time to bring yeah. up Tiger Bankroll. You had another good one, people. Please, when Bryant <laughs> puts out a Tiger Bankroll pick last year, twenty five and ten. How about that? Good, twenty season. Yeah, real good season. To, to, is it? No, let's see here. Twenty, yeah, you went twenty-three and eight regular season. Uh-huh. You went two and one at AAC tournament. Uh-huh. So that's twenty-five nine. Yeah. You were twenty-five and ten. You How lost, and, and you lost FAU. Speaking of FAU, oh yeah. boy, I beat him single-handedly. How about that, Brett? Yeah, FAU over the weekend though. Uh, lost to Bryant. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, you beat you beat him single-handedly. It's just wrestling. Okay, it was a long weekend. It's just wrestling. Isn't Phil Martelli's son the coach at Bryant? He is. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think anymore. I think he stepped down before the season started. Oh, did he? I was, think was so. it bad? No, yeah. no, I don't think anything bad. Friday, Friday night, you uh, uh seventy-five. You won a hundred and fifty dollars. Heck yeah! You're at twelve twenty-five for the year. I won seventy-five. I'm at nine seventy-five. So I'm really, I've lost twenty-five for the year. And Johnny took the hit for the Tigers. He put forty up, risk it. He's down at and he's now at nine sixty. I think we'll have Michigan Wednesday line before we leave tomorrow night. We should we should seeing as that's the first games of of that tournament? I, I would think they would put that being a being such a big tournament. I would think they'd put those lines out tomorrow afternoon. But I, I I'm not positive. It could could be wrong. I'm not going to go back and check it. But I would say I'll take about anybody plus thirty in college basketball. I would take anybody, and and that was a good win by the Tigers. I thought on Friday night, and it's just the fact that thirty and a half points for anybody is such a big number. And I think the biggest thing about that is not only did you win and beat Alabama State, but you just mentioned it. I mean, what happened this weekend for other teams that same night that you beat Alabama State? Arkansas lost to UNC Greensboro, and Michigan lost to somebody. I don't remember who they lost to over the weekend, but but another kind of mid-major team um, they lost to on Friday night. So, you know, these teams that are going down to the same tournament you're going to down, uh, this week really kind of stubbed their toe uh, in their, their game before that, and, and the Tigers being able to win and, and, and kind of dominate in that second half I thought was huge. The Jackson State wins over Mizzou oh, yeah. Yeah, stunned man. me, but Arkansas losing at Bud Walton Arena, mm. you know, and 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 they've now decided that you know Sam Pittman will yeah. be back next year, regardless of what happens right. Friday against Missouri in the, their last regular season game. I don't think they will go to a bowl. We will have a lot of teams without cool. six yeah, and six will. records go to bowls this year. We're at, we're going to be at least ten shy. Wow. Uh, uh, it, it, 
at, at least seven or eight shy, maybe as much as ten. But for Arkansas fans, I think the football season and re-upping with Sam Pittman only puts more pressure on Eric Mussman and come springtime on Dave Van Horn. They want to win it all in something. Something. They want to be relevant in mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And there's only two sports left, and basketball is is kind of cozy wheelhouse yeah. for him to be good. And Dave Van Horn always is, but he's always Absolutely. the bridesmaid. Yeah, and, I mean, it's it's kind of tough there for the next coach because, like you said, I mean, they're, they have really good teams, I think, in every sport. And so it's easy for the fan base to go, okay, well, well football's not going great, but we've got a top 25 basketball team. And then after that, if that kind of goes a little sideways, okay, well, baseball season's about to start. We've got a top 10 team in And that in always ends disappointing. It always ends in disappointment. So, no, I mean, you're, you're right. That's tough. And I think, you know, like you just said, baseball kind of always ends in disappointment. And then you've got that long summer building back up to the football season where everybody will be talking about Sam Pittman. Two things you can count on. The baseball season for Arkansas always ends disappointing, and the analysts on Razorback baseball games always says they're really better than everybody else ah, out there and they I should see. be national champions. <laughs> I see. Interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to listen for that this year. Yeah, uh, and, you, and you can count on it. Uh, check it off Run, every runs time down. Everybody else Jeez. says they really are the best team, but yet they ha- they've never had a dog pile nice. in Omaha. Love that. Love that. Well, let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story of the day. 3.30, Jonah Dillon, the Tiger football beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. He's going to Join us. We'll recap what happened on Saturday in the loss to SMU. Also, a Friday game for the Tigers this weekend in Philadelphia against Temple. We'll also get his thoughts on uh, the possibility of the Tigers playing in the Liberty Bowl. So we'll talk a lot of Tigers at 3.30 with Jonah Dillon. 3.45, we'll talk about the Grizzlies in the weekend. They had a little split for the Grizzlies. They they beat the Spurs uh, on Saturday night, but lose last night. I thought a very competitive showing from the Grizzlies last night against the Celtics. A split that could have been a sweep, could but been. could have been swept. It, Brett, it, it could have been a little bit of everything. I mean, I uh, Saturday night, I had to go to a wedding, and uh, it was about an hour out, and so I wasn't a fan of the wedding, but I see the way you're looking at me. I was not a fan of right. going. You know people uh-huh. that leave games early. Uh-huh. Have weddings during well, football season. To be fair, I don't know these people. They're they're Melinda's friends, so uh, so I don't really well, know. Your, our friends are your friends. Uh, that's guess, kind of part of the I deal. I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess that's true. Golly. Yes, yeah, so I had to go to a wedding uh, Saturday I night. Kid, I can't. No, I, can't. I know, I know. But by the time I got back, I mean the Grizzlies game had already started, and they were down by. 18, 19 points, and I was like, "Oh man, they're gonna they're gonna get blown out by the Spurs." And next thing I know, here comes the comeback and and able to get that win. You're absolutely against, right against Pop. Against Pop, Brett. I mean, you, that might be the truest thing you've ever said. Of they could have swept this weekend. They could have been swept this weekend. No, I think the truest thing I ever said is about nobody touches Pop. <laughs> well, that's that's a good point too. Uh, it really is. Let me give you some numbers uh-huh. on, on on Greg with two Gs. Oh yeah. Eight-game losing streak. Here's the deficit margins. 12-9, and not a peep about him. But let's crush O'Belichick. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, man. Uh, both uh, Tough times for both. 
Belichick and, and Pop. But and, and both deserve criticism. Absolutely. Is what I'm saying. Absolutely, 100%. Um, but we'll talk about the Grizzlies and what happened this weekend at the end of this hour. Four o'clock, David Cobb, man, we talk about the exciting week, a busy week uh, for David Cobb as he covers college football and college basketball for CBS Sports. So this is probably the busiest week he gets in the year. We'll talk to David. We'll talk college football. We'll also talk college basketball with all of the tournaments going on this week in basketball. 4.30, we got to get to our Sissies log cabin. Look back at the weekend in the SEC. Like Brett said, kind of a sleeper weekend in the SEC, but we've got to cover what happened this weekend in those games. 4.45, we'll get to big number of the day. 5 o'clock, DeMichael Cole, the Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, will join us. We'll talk more Grizzlies with him, what happened this weekend, all of the injuries that are uh, mounting for this Grizzlies team, and what this week looks like for the Grizzlies. 5.30, we'll get to our Roots Chris Monday Night Football pick and preview. We've also got to get to our big four quarterbacks for both Kansas City and the Eagles. And at 5.45, we'll wrap up today's show like we always do with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Let me remind you, we're in our Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. The Overstock Sale. Family Leisure needs your help to clear out their overstock inventory. Select patio sets up to 50% off. Play gyms under $2,000. Extended sale pricing on all in-stock hot tubs and swim spas and their winter pool closing items now up to 30% off. Pool tables and game room items up to $700 off. They're in-stock items, and Family Leisure has you covered with saunas, massage chairs, arcades, and theater seating, all with free delivery and that special financing. It's still available, but only at Family Leisure, 2120 Whitten Road, just north of I-40. He's Brian. I'm Brett. Johnny Hill, our producer. We're Sports Time, and we're with you until 6 o'clock. And our number is 901-360-8255. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone from all of us at Flynn Broadcasting and Sports 56. And for sure, from this, this motley crew we have every afternoon together, <laughs> led by me being the most motley one, <laughs> on, on Sports Time. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. You can give them a call at 901-334-9673. Great offers on the remaining 2023 models. 24s are rolling in, have rolled in, and always special leasing options. The one and only Lexus dealership in town where you can drive in luxury and confidence knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services. Stop by Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 23 or 24 flagship LS500 and you'll be looking and driving in style. Online at LexusofMemphis.com. Experience amazing, experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis. Story of the day. Well, my top story of the day is the Tigers and their loss on Saturday to SMU. 38-34, to the final score in that one. And really, the Tigers were competitive all afternoon. We talked about it earlier, a turnover on the first possession, and SMU goes down. It looked like the Tigers' defense had a stop, but on fourth down and five, I didn't know what SMU would do. I thought they would punt it away being so early in the game. But they go for it. They go for it on fourth and five and find the end zone. Uh, the, the secondary wasn't great in that game on Saturday for the Tigers. But I tell you who was great. Seth Hennigan. What a performance by him. We've talked about it, but I think it's being overshadowed a little bit. He's still not 100%. He is still banged up from that injury earlier in the year, that left shoulder that he's been dealing with. But a great game for him. 35 for 51. 
402 yards through the air and two touchdowns. No interceptions. On the other side, Preston Stone, 286 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions uh, for him. But, Brett, you mentioned it earlier. The biggest difference between these two offenses was SMU was able to get the run game going. We saw it last week against Charlotte. Their running back, who was third or fourth string on the depth chart and had only had one carry on the season before that game, he got going, had had almost 200 yards of rushing. And yesterday, uh, LJ Johnson Jr., I should say Saturday, LJ Johnson Jr., 115 yards and one touchdown on 21 carries. On the other side, for the Tigers, they can only muster 62 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Blake Watson led the way with 41 yards, but the next closest running back was Sutton Smith with seven yards on two carries. So Tigers couldn't get anything going on the ground, and that's really what cost them that game and also some defensive miscues, some penalties late. But ultimately, uh, a disappointing loss by the Tigers uh, with everything to play for in that game. But I thought they were very, very competitive. My top story this week, one of the great, if not the best sports weeks of the year. It's my favorite week of college football with all the rivalry games. These are the games that made college football so popular and so famous. And so, and I'm so glad that Washington and Washington State will continue their rivalry. It won't be at the end of the year when mm-hmm. Washington exits for the Big Ten. And I hope other places like Bedlam can find a way to work things out. What makes this weekend so great? Is this the underdogs weekend, and it always has been, and this is a year that has not been the underdog year at all, but this is the year that in games like Oregon State against Oregon, Mississippi State against Ole Miss, Kentucky against Louisville, Auburn against Alabama, Washington State against Washington, Florida the underdog against FSU, Georgia Tech even against Georgia, they can just absolutely rim wreck a season <laughs> yeah. for the, the the big rival foe, and that's what makes this weekend, this week, and this weekend the best in college football. Not top story of the day. Well, my not top story of the day is have another AP poll released today in college basketball, and the Tigers again not in the top twenty-five after. Being 26th, if you extended the poll, they would have been 26th last week after beating Missouri this week after beating Alabama State. They're still 26th. 149 receiving votes. Uh, the closest to them would be BYU and Illinois, who both have 138 receiving votes. But after that, after you get through those two teams, Memphis, BYU, and Illinois, no other team is receiving more than 100 votes for the top 25. Mississippi State finds themselves in the top 25 this week alongside Virginia, who both make their debuts this year with undefeated records. Mississippi State, I'll give them credit. They, they played really, really well. Um, they played a lot of power conference teams early, and their best player, Tolu Smith, has not played a game yet. So they've looked really impressive. I don't mind Mississippi State being up there. I know a lot of people um, are upset that some of the teams that are still in front of the Tigers are up there with Florida. They'll win in Atlanta. Exactly. A week from today will be a lot different. Exactly. Brett, you made my point for me is who cares what they're they're rated right now with what you have ahead of you Michigan maybe Arkansas who's still in the top 25 and then maybe a game against Villanova or or North Carolina go and and take advantage of this opportunity this week in the Bahamas win that win two of three and, and have that one loss extremely competitive and next week you'll be in the top 25 don't worry about it right now we know this non-conference schedule is tough we know that Penny Hardaway said it and made it tough for a reason so don't worry about what is this the the third top 25 poll of the season don't worry about the third one worry about ones later in the season this one does not matter. 
three and zero in in the Bahamas, and it'll work out. Zero mm-hmm. and three or one and two, the people that were advocating yeah. for being in the poll will look, look silly. Yes, just just win ball games. Don't don't Absolutely. don't worry about uh, November twentieth polls. My not top story. Here's something to worry about. The Tigers had their chance Saturday to beat SMU and couldn't pull it off. They should finish nine and three. And the three losses were to the best three teams they played. The AAC was awful this year. Mm-hmm. I picked nine and three for for Memphis this year, largely because how bad that conference is, and it was that bad. Yeah. The the top three four teams, uh, the three teams ahead of the Tigers, I think are clearly better than them. I thought they were in the preseason, and and the ten teams behind the Tigers are just dreadful. Mm-hmm. They're horrible. And wait till basketball. Yeah. If Florida Atlantic doesn't help prop this up, mm. the Tigers better win in Atlantis. Yep. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that because it could get uh, ugly in terms of opponents in, in conference slate. Again, I mean, Penny Hardaway has said it. Some of the players have said it. The the non conference slate is is really everything for the Tigers. But that'll do it for top and not top story of the day. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk Tiger football with Jonah Dillon. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And joining us now to talk Tiger football from the Commercial Appeal, he's the Tiger football beat writer. Jonah Dillon joins us now. Jonah, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, let's start with that game on Saturday against SMU, a uh, a 38-34 to loss for the Tigers, a game that seemed like Tigers were, were really competitive for most of the afternoon. But what were your, your big takeaways from that game against SMU? Yeah, it kind of felt similar to the other losses that Memphis had this season, where like the game was close, mm-hmm. Memphis led at some point, they trailed, um, and then down the stretch, the other team just made more plays. I mean, Memphis kind of shot itself in the foot um, with those penalties on, on one of those fourth-quarter drives, and then SMU gets the ball back with better field position after a personal foul penalty, drives down the field, scores a touchdown, and that ends the game. So it, it, was, a, it was typical, really, in, in the sense that the Tigers have basically showed in all those losses and obviously in their wins that they can hang with all these teams. But for whatever reason, against Tulane, Missouri, and SMU, they just haven't been able to put it together, especially in the fourth quarter and the second half, to be able to actually pull off a win. Yeah, Jonah, it, it, it's right there for the Tigers and all the players that potentially could return for next year. I know people don't don't like this, but I'm going to start touting it now. The Tigers can be really good next year if they're on the right side of of returning players and the potential of not losing players in the portal and what they get back in. This year, I thought they definitely got back in much better than what they lost. They They lost some good ones, but they got in good ones. 
But how do you how do you get over the top of Willie Fritz and Tulane? How do you get over the top of Texas San Antonio going forward? Now, a good thing is behind the Tigers is pure slop. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I definitely agree, and there's clearly a, uh, a gap between what's going to be the top three teams next year when SMU is gone um, and the rest of the conference. I think there's reason to believe that a lot of those teams will improve next year. Now, how much will they improve? Will they be able to actually compete? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. I think there will be some improvement. But, you know, this was – you look at – we obviously don't know what the schedule is going to look like next year because they're going to have to redo some things with, with Army coming in. Um, and that just obviously is going to go to Florida State early in the season. So that's going to be a huge test and a sort of gauge of where they are early in the season. Um, but at, at this point, it, it kind of comes down to, like, these other teams are just – they're not at the same level. Memphis beat them, but they had trouble doing it. SMU didn't, and some of the other teams. You know, UTSA has been playing pretty well recently and winning by a lot of points. So um, it looks like Memphis is the fourth-best team in the conference. With the way the conference looks like now, that's not great. Um, but they beat all the teams below them, and then you have to give them credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Seth Hinkin, uh still a, a little banged up, I would assume, but a, a great performance from him throwing over 400 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. What have you made of what he's been able to do these last couple of weeks, even though that, that shoulder is still bothering him? Yeah, it's been really impressive. It was really impressive on Saturday. It was really impressive really the past three weeks before that when they were on that winning streak. Um, obviously, he has that drive against North Texas at the end of the game to win it with, with a couple seconds left, and then he kept it going in the last couple games. Um, I don't think that they lost on Saturday because of him. I think the offense has been playing really well, and they've been scoring a lot of points. And I think you can pretty much, you know, you can look at his, his last stretch of those games and say he is playing the best football he's played since he's been at Memphis. And at the beginning of the season, people were starting to get a little bit eerie about, you know, where is the improvement? I think we've really seen it over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Jonah, for Friday's game against Temple, 11 o'clock game, Friday morning, Memphis an 11-point favorite. Uh, 11 might be the operable number. might be 11 Temple fans there. Uh, you you got to pack your own motivation. And, I, and I, I fear around college football, whether it's for a conference championship game or a play, a, a college football potential playoff game that a lot of people want to check out and turn the engine off. If the Tigers do that and, and lose Friday, a lot of great positive work will be scuttled in one afternoon in Philly. Yeah, and this feels like the perfect storm of what you just said of like checking out because you're talking about coming off a deflating loss and post game on Saturday, it felt like the end of the season, the way that they were talking with, and, and it was, it was the end of their chance to win the coverage championship. Then you have a short week. You're going to play against Temple, which is the worst team in the conference right now. They play in an NFL stadium, which we can assume is not going to be close to filled. They, you know, it's going to be empty. It's on Black Friday. It's early in the morning. Um, basically everything that you would say in terms of how do you motivate yourself for this game is coming on Friday. And so you really just don't know what we're going to see until they show up, you know, and especially given how this team has played in some of these games against lesser competition this season. It's really anyone's guess. Obviously, Memphis is a better team. They should win. Uh, they shouldn't have that many problems beating Temple. But there's just so many weird situations and circumstances here that it's hard to say. 
Jonah, what have you made uh, of the Tigers' run defense uh, lately this season? I mean, SMU runs for 158 yards and three touchdowns, and then the two weeks before that, you give up over 200 yards and and really another 200-yard game against UAB. I mean, it seems like this rushing defense really has yet to be able to find their footing this year. Yeah, it was really it was really apparent against Charlotte because yeah. obviously they had a running back who kind of came out of nowhere um, and. Just just checked in. He did not rush for 200 yards last week, <laughs> so <laughs> that was a uh, that was a Memphis thing. But um, yeah, it's been a struggle. I think SMU a little bit different because they had so many weapons, and I mm-hmm. thought Preston Stone played really well. Um, he's a unique type of quarterback with his ability to scramble out of the pocket, mm-hmm. and so that means you have to prepare differently, and you have to have more bodies ready to try to contain him and spy maybe, and that can hurt you in the in the run defense. Um, but they've struggled. The defensive front has struggled, um, and that's put other parts of their defense in bad position throughout the season, especially in the past couple of weeks, like you said. And that's a that's a cause for concern. And that probably means that when the season ends, you know, in a couple of weeks, that's where you look in the transfer portal and mm-hmm. recruiting is how do we bolster this this part of our team? I really believe out, out there, Jonah. There are coaches, including Coach Silverfield and his staff. They're earning their keep this week. Come on, guys! One more week. Give, give me, give me four more days. Give me five more days, and then we can have have some downtime. The the flip side of that: go to Philadelphia, get that win, nine and three. I think that's to be celebrated for sure. Mm-hmm. A bowl opportunity to get to a double digit win season, and now Jonah, it appears almost kind of uh, kind of blast out of nowhere. The, the chance to be in the, the hometown team in the hometown game again in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, the Liberty Bowl, uh, a lot of people are talking about that this morning. Um, I wrote a story about it earlier today. There's there's a lot of things that have to happen for that to be a possibility, and, uh, and the bottom line is that we won't know until after the final week of the season when the conference championships and the college football playoff are decided. Um, I think it's the conversation that it started right after the game on Saturday. What do you make of this season, mm-hmm. right? Because... You're talking, and, and obviously, you know, it could be colored by what happens on Friday, but, um, you're talking about a team that's beaten every team that it was favored to beat and lost every team that it was an underdog against. So what, what do you make of that? You know, um, and, and again, not that those games that they won, a lot of them were, weren't as easy, you know, they were much harder than, than people would have expected. So it, it's been a weird season, even though when you look at it like that, it seems pretty straightforward. Um, and yeah, if you win 10 games, you know, people are going to say, well, you won 10 games, that's great. And a lot of Memphis fans are going to say, well, we didn't beat any good team. Right. And right now we're looking at teams that are 6-5 and five as their best wins. So, which is crazy because Boise State might go play for the conference championship, even though they fired their coach in the middle of the season. Um, and uh, and so it's just crazy, as college football always is, but, but here we are. Do you get the sense of your interaction with Tiger fans that they want a game in the Liberty Bowl? Because I find a, a, a strange juxtaposition here, Jonah, with with Tiger fans almost an aversion to going out to the games this year at, at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, now wanting to be in the Liberty Bowl game there when arguably Tulane and SMU both are more quality opponents than Iowa State and Boise no doubt a bigger uh, a, a bigger profile than, than Iowa State. Or any potential Liberty Bowl opponent? Yeah, I think I think part of it is the idea of playing a Power Five team, even if we know that Tulane maybe is better than whatever that team would be, um, or SMU, whoever you know. Both those teams really, you could say, are better than a lot of Power Five teams. Um, 
I think it's split because some people want to travel. They want to get a nice destination bowl game. Um, I don't think Memphis is going to the Hawaii Bowl, so that's not going to happen. But you can always dream. Uh, I think uh, I think there's a lot. You know, it's it's a novelty thing to be able to watch Memphis play in the Liberty Bowl in the in a game where um, you know the field is painted different mm-hmm. and it feels like a a big thing and everything. So I, I understand that, but um, there's still a lot that needs to happen. You know, if any of those SEC teams with five wins goes and wins this week, that's it. And an SEC team is going to play in the in the Liberty Bowl. So um, if you if you really want to dig into it, go and watch the Egg Bowl. And if Mississippi State wins that game, then that'll change the complexion of how the uh, the bowls are going to work. Um, so that's still a possibility for now for Memphis, but a lot of things have to happen. So you're telling me Tiger fans are pulling for <laughs> Ole Miss? <Ooh. laughs> I don't think. Mm. I, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's, I don't know if Tiger fans want uh, if they want to play it at, at home in that bowl game. But uh, yeah, that would be a fun one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had never heard that before. That's right, Jonah. Uh, that's right. Nor have I. <laughs> no, nor but, have Jonah. I. Be be safe in yeah, Philadelphia. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We'll vi- hopefully opening visit next week. And happy Thanksgiving to you and yours and your friends. Yeah, to you as well. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jonah. Thank, thank you, Jonah, so much. Jonah Dillon with the commercial appeal covering all things Tigers football, and it's still a, a big one this Friday for the Tigers to win Friday 9 to get to 10. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have to explain a double-digit win season, do I? No, you shouldn't have to. I mean, but, but That resonates with every school everywhere. It should, but like Jonah said, I think there are still going to be fans that are going to say, well, yeah, 10 wins, but who did they beat? They didn't beat anybody. It's 10 wins. They sound very difficult to please. Sounds like it. If, if, 10, if 10 wins, doesn't do it for you. Happy holidays to everyone from Jim's Place Grill. They've been doing it over 100 years with charcoal grill steaks, over 100 years of celebrations, family time, holidays, and lasting great memories. The Terrace family with their touch for our community, recipes that date back to the beginning in downtown, to now in Collierville at the railroad tracks at Poplar and Houston Levy, online at jimsplacegrill.com. Don't forget the E in grill, and that's a perfect holiday gift for anyone. Get them, get them a gift certificate from Jim's Place Grill and go there and enjoy all these games and all these good times that we're going to have and call them or email or, or go online and find out more for your holiday get-together right there. Whether it's family or your office or friends, they'll take care of you. Every steak grill perfectly over an open flame. Come to Jim's Place and taste and see and feel the difference. Lunch hours, Monday through Friday, 11A to 2 p.m. Dinner hours, Monday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9.30 in that great bar area. Since 1921, a Memphis landmark. Hard work, values, and a dedication to their diners. The Terrace family, they've created a memorable dining experience for you and your friends. Lunch menu like the the, the staples like the shrimp cocktail, the crab cakes, the souffle mob, the salad dressings, all homemade. And at dinner time, seafood, soups, calamari, and those great steaks, ribeyes, fillets, and strips. The bar area to watch the games and enjoy good times with friends and, and people in the bar area. All at Jim's Place Grill in Collierville. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone from Jim's Place Grill. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Grizzlies and what they did over the weekend. That's next on Sports Time. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 
Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Well, Brett, we've talked a lot about the Tigers today, but the Grizzlies were also in action this weekend, and they had a pair of games. We talked about kind of this stretch for the Grizzlies. I know we talked about it last week when we talked to DeMichael. We talked about it before the weekend of kind of this stretch of games. And for the Grizzlies, they split this weekend against the Celtics and the Spurs. What would you make of these two games for the Grizzlies? Incredible comeback at a place that, to me, is still like, you know, a special place to go to in the NBA. I know the, the Spurs aren't any good, and they haven't right. been any good in a while, but just you look at the Grizzlies' uh, record all time going there. So to be down that big mm-hmm. and staring 210 in the eyes Whew. and to come back and, and, and win yeah. fairly comfortably, comfortably oh, yeah. over a really bad team and then last night to have it right mm-hmm. there, to maybe kickstart the year, get some things going. There were some different combinations out there last night yep, for the Grizzlies. There were Ooh, <laughs> a couple of times. Just hard to believe that uh-huh. that's the five uh-huh. on the floor. But they they did pretty well. That was mostly at the end of the third quarter, yep. and it was Jaron and four nobodies out there on, yeah. on, on the on the court, and ha- had the game right there to be won against Boston. I think the best team in the league. And Boston able to pull it out. The only Celtics appearance at home all year. I was not there. Did you go? I did not, know. I, I, I did not go watching on TV and hearing the Celtic fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were rowdy. Now, it's one trip for one of the, sure. the known teams. But every time I think we're past this, mm-hmm. whether it's player, you know, whether it's LeBron or Steph, or it's not really Steph anymore because yeah. there's so much contempt. For Golden State, but you know, uh, Kobe Kevin Durant when he was with the Lakers, and and, and could and, and could understand that then in, sure. in the formative years of the Grizzlies, Kevin but Durant, you know, still yeah. to to hear an overwhelming mm-hmm. throng last yeah. night, you know, for the opposing team, I, huh. I I I keep thinking, you know, we're we're at or near the end of that, and. The Lakers come to town, the Celtics come to town, and we find we're out. We're not. Yeah, no. I mean, it seems like uh, I mean, it's been how many two or three years we've been saying that. Okay, this is the year that you know we're gonna we're gonna get out of that, and it's just gonna be Grizzlies. But you know, I know the uh, I know it sells, and um, you know, people. You know, I guess you know, love the stars. People got every right to pull for who they want to. I don't don't care who you're pulling for at the games, but yeah, no, I, I thought we would be a little past that by now. I, I did too, and I, I guess Celtics are the only Eastern team left like that, right? They, they would be about the only hmm. one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, probably. I would I, think. I, maybe Giannis fans. That's ma- what I was going to uh, say maybe the Bucks, but I just don't know how many. No, how many Gian- There are. I don't know how many like specific Giannis fans. I'm just going to go and cheer for Giannis. There are. There. Are, I mean, I think everyone loves Giannis. Giannis is a very likable person. I think, but I don't think anybody's just coming out of the woodworks just to just to Bulls watch fans, and cheer for them. Nah, that's coming gone. That's hadn't coming gone. In, in the West, Lakers about it because we've we've got a, seem some about it. some good contempt with everybody else. Seems like it. I mean, I I'm curious, like if uh, like when Phoenix rolls in, are there still some KD fans that are just following him from place to place? But I'd, I'd be, it surprised and, and, me. And that win, 
Very soon, soon, because yeah. he's in his 17th year. Right. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's dwindling, but uh, but I don't know. But and only one time that Boston comes through, sure. so, you know. Sure, but you know this this next game is uh, is a big one. You got uh, you got the Grizzlies versus Dylan Brooks and uh, down there in Houston. And Houston has really been a team that has been impressive, six and five on the season and, and six and one at home. The 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 Grizzlies in in the preseason, if we had done W's and L's, oh, th- this would have been a road trip, a road game. You think would be one? Yeah. Now I'm not so sure as, as as you're basing it on Wednesday night and then that Friday night game against. Kevin Durant in Phoenix. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's we knew it was going to be tough without John Moran. I don't think we we thought we'd be sitting here looking at a three and ten team, but you know this is a tough stretch, and you're absolutely right. Before the season, if you had asked me on November twenty second, Grizzlies versus Houston, who's going to win, I would have said, oh, the Grizzlies, they'll they'll, they'll dominate that game, and uh, and so now it's a, it's a big question mark in that game against the Suns. We've seen how good that Suns team can be um, on really any given night, so it's uh, it, it's going to be tough. I said it a few weeks ago. At the end of the year, I think it's going to be shocking mm. to look back and see what the longest win streak will be all year for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I uh, I think you're right. I mean, and, and who knows when that when that win streak comes? If it if it comes, I welcome it. I, I welcome it. I want it. You know, I, I was hoping maybe we could get a chance to see it. Uh, oh, Brian, start last night, and we had people try to talk us out of it. Our love for the young Pistons. Oh man, I woke. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Remember when they were two and one? (laughs) Yeah, you remember when before the season started and there was no record and we were so high on them. I mean, yeah, they're two and twelve. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. I, I, I saw that the other day and I mean, oh man, those Pistons. But hey, next year, Brett. That's what we can always say about this Pistons team. Okay, they just need this year. Next calendar year or next NBA season? Next NBA season. Next NBA year. Yes, no problem. But let's go ahead and wrap up this hour, get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk college football and college basketball with David Cobb. All 36-month lease, 650 acquisition.